Man, I am so excited about this new series that we're starting today. If it's your first time here, you couldn't have picked a better day. We're starting a new series called Divine Direction, and it's all about making godly decisions. And it's based on a really great book called Divine Direction, written by a guy named Craig Rochelle. So first of all, Craig, thanks for writing a great book. And uh, also thanks to the people at Life Church, his church, because they share a lot of resources um, with us. And a lot of the stuff that we're going to be teaching the next few weeks, we learned from them. So Craig makes a really great statement in this book. He says, the decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell about our lives tomorrow. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell about our lives tomorrow. And you know what? That is right. Our decisions matter. And I think most of us realize that it's really important that we make good decisions because we know that we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. And I know that you know that because people always come to talk to me and they wanna pray with me and they wanna see what the word says and they wanna talk and one of the most common things people wanna talk to me about is how do I know what God wants me to do? You know, I wanna, I wanna be in his will I know he's got a plan for me. I want to do what he wants me to do. I know he knows what's best, and I know he wants what's best. How do I know what that is? How do I know what God's plan is for my life? And we all love Jeremiah 29, 11, right? That's the verse that says God's got this great plan, and it's a plan for good, and a plan for our future. It's a plan for hope. How many of you love that verse? Yeah, everybody loves that verse. How many of you really believe that God really has a great plan for your life. How many of you would like to have like a peek at that plan? <laughs> right, would that be awesome? <laughs> I mean, how much better would your decisions be if you could just see where he was going, right? And what the plan was and would always be in his will. I think most of us as believers, we know that God wants what's best. We know that he knows what's best. We just have a hard time getting him to tell us sometimes what's best. And I'm thinking about a story, I probably told you guys this story before, but this is a long time ago. This is, I was 29 years old, so this was like in 1840-something, a long time ago. Uh, I started to work for this company on my 14th birthday, and I worked for this company, and I'm 29, so literally I worked for that company for more than half of my life. And I loved that job, and I was doing great, and I was getting promoted, and I was making money, and I was winning awards, and it was really, really going great for me. But I kind of had to make a decision at some point because a, a man bought that company, and he started asking me to do things that I didn't think were right. And I began to realize that I was working about 60, 70, 80 hours a week and never seeing my kids. I could never go to church. And I, I really had this hard decision, like, should I, should I stay? Maybe I can turn the company around. Or should I go? Should I stay? Or should I go? And I became, I don't like this word, obsessed with that question, should I stay? Or should I go? I wanted to, it was important, man, this is my family. I wanted to make the right decision, but should I stay? Or should I go? And I was reading the story of Gideon you know the story of Gideon? God tells him something. He's not sure if he's really hearing from God. So he says, hey, God, do me a favor here. I want to make sure I'm hearing right from you. So I'm going to take this sheep's skin, this fleece, and I'm going to lay it out in the yard. And in the morning, if this is you saying yes, then will you please let the dew be all on the grass and everything will be wet, but the sheep's skin will be dry. 
And then the next day, he like wanted to confirm it. He goes, okay, let's switch it today. Let's let the sheepskin be wet and the grass be dry. So I'm reading that, it's in the Bible. So I'm thinking, where am I gonna get a sheepskin, right? And so I told Margaret, I tell you what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna run down to Manny, Mo and Jack's, the car uh, parts place, and I'm gonna get a sheepskin seat cover because those are pretty popular in those days. And I went down there, can you believe it? They were out of them. I'm thinking, God is not, help me. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying. So ultimately, I did the godly thing. I went into the kids' room, and they had one of those magic slates. You remember those? The little cellophane, like a tablet, and you could draw a picture or write on it, and, and it would disappear, and then you'd write on it again and all that stuff. And so I just left it beside my bed, and I just prayed before I went to bed. I said, God, I just need one word, man. Stay or go. I just, I just wanted to do what was right. I wanted to make the right decision for my family. It was important to me. And I was so frustrated because every morning I would wake up and there was nothing on that slate. And I was praying, God, just tell me, I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. And I began to get so frustrated that I didn't know what decision to make. And it felt like, I, like God didn't care. Like I'm asking, he's ignoring me or something. You ever felt like that? You had this really big decision to make about where to go to school, whether to get married, you know, should I take this job, should I leave this job, should I buy a house, should I rent, should I go to college, should I join the military, should I stay, should I go, should I buy, should I sell, should I hurry, should I wait, should I get a tattoo across my chest that says my CBCB, which, I mean, obviously, yes, you should. But we face these tough decisions. We want to make the right decision, right? And I think the truth of it is that a lot of us are not, on our own, great decision makers. Not you guys, but that 1115 service. They're the worst. They can't make good decisions. I know you guys always make great decisions, but maybe, um, maybe you could own it, a maybe once. Have you ever made like a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. How'd that work out? <laughs> right? Have you ever made a decision, and when you made the decision, it seemed right. It seemed right when you did it, and then later, so wrong. And you're just saying, man, how, how could I have made such a stupid decision? Why, what was I thinking? You ever said those famous words, right? What was I thinking when I quit that job? What was I thinking when I bought that car? What was I thinking when I dated that guy? What was I thinking when I ate that whole cheesecake, right? What, what was I thinking when I had that third child? What was I thinking when I sent my bank account information to that prince in Nigeria? What? It seemed right, it seemed right. What was I thinking? Have you ever not made a decision because you just couldn't pull the trigger? Have you ever had that like analysis paralysis where you just, I just, and you like miss an opportunity because you just can't make a decision. We make our decisions and then our decisions make us. And I think a lot of the problem, honestly, is we have so many options. There's just so many, the world is so open. I mean, there, we have so many options. Have you guys ever been to Sherwin-Williams Paint Store? Oh my gosh, it's, it's brutal. Do you know how many colors there are that are called gray? You know how many whites there are? 
People go into Sherwin-Williams looking to look for a, a paint color and they're just like, never come out. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. They just go, they're just, there's, you know what, there's too many. There's, just give me gray, man. There's, there's too many choices. Or you'll get this. Do you have Netflix? Because I've done it a million times. Margaret, hey, honey, here's what we're going to do. You make the popcorn, and I'm going to find us a great movie. Right? And it's like, scroll down, scroll down. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And sometimes it's because they're all good. It's like, oh, that looks really good. Let me see if there's something a little bit better. Oh, that looks good. Maybe it's something a little bit better. Oh, that looks good. And sometimes it's because they're all bad. It's like, no. 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 But it's just, there's just too many options. And then you look up and four hours have gone by and she's asleep on the couch and she's all covered with popcorn. And it's like the, the ship has sailed, man. We missed, we missed the window. And I think that happens in our life decisions too. We just got so many options and some just seem like they're all good. These are all good choices. I could stay, I could go. I could take the job, I could leave. I could get married, I could stay single. I could go to tech, I could go to UT. I got all these different options, they're all good. Sometimes it's the other. And it's like, man, I got all these options and none of them look very good. How am I supposed to be making a decision? And this is important. I'm not talking about decisions about paint color or what movie you want. I'm talking about life decisions that really matter to you and really matter to your family and so we, we pray, you know, God, I trust you, and I know you want what's best for me, and I know you, you, you know what's best for me. Just how do I get you to tell me what's best for me? What is your will, right? What is your plan? What is God's will for my life? So making godly right decisions is huge. So how do we get in on God's wisdom, right? How do we make these great decisions. How do we know his will for our lives? And first of all, I'm just gonna have to give you my disclaimer now because people are like getting their pens. They're ready for this. I'm gonna give you some uh, bad news. I looked and I don't see a scripture that tells you what college to go to. And I don't see a scripture that tells you who you should marry or whether to sell your house or whether you should buy a new car or quit your job or what color socks you ought to wear. It, I mean, the Bible would be pretty thick Right, if it was gonna cover every specific decision of every specific person for 10,000 years. But I think we can get his wisdom in on our decisions. I think we can know his will for our lives. And so for me, this starts with Romans 11:36. So if you've got your Bibles or tablets or phones or whatever you do, we're gonna look at Romans 11:36. And if you don't have it, I think we'll put it up on the screen for you here. It's a really important passage. Romans 11.36 says, for everything comes from him. Who's it talking about? God, everything comes from God. Think, think that over for a second. Everything comes from God. Nothing exists in the universe, right? Bugs, hippopotamuses, stars, nothing exists in the universe except by, he's the source of everything. He's, he's the source of everything. So everything comes from God. Everything exists by his power. Nothing exists except by the power of God. He's got the power of creation. He's got the power to sustain. He's what's keeping the world spinning around and the sun in the right spot and the tides coming and going. Everything comes from him. 
Everything exists by his power, and it says, and everything is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. That's all about who? It's all about God. Everything comes from him. Everything exists and sustains by his power, and everything that exists exists for the purpose of giving him glory. So God's kind of a big deal, right? Would you say that sums that up pretty much? God's a pretty big deal. And then 12.1, Romans 12.1, this is a really famous place, you've probably heard this. So brothers and sisters, like he says so, so he's saying like God's amazing, God's powerful, God's everything, so, right, like in light of that, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies, this means your whole being, your whole self, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your skin, everything about you. I plead with you to give your whole, because God is so amazing. You should give your whole self to him because of all that he's done for you. Let your whole self, it says, be a living, holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what we're here today to do. We're gonna to try to change the way we think a little bit, and here's the payoff. Then, then, once you've seen how amazing God is, and you've laid down your whole life before him in light of how amazing it is, you're just laying everything down and trusting him completely, then he will change you into a new person and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So you can know God's good, pleasing, perfect will for you. And it starts with recognizing who God is and giving yourself and your whole life completely to him. So we kind of break it down and work backwards, right? We all want to start with this. I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's will for my life. But to get there, first I need to know God's will, right? Like in general, what, is, what does he want to do? What's he trying, what's, what, is, what is God's will? And how do we know that? Well, we have to know God. If we want to know God's will for our life, we first have to understand God's will. And if we're going to understand God's will, that's got to start with us just knowing God because when we really know him, we really will know his will. So a lot of you know, um, I've been married for 41 years. My wife, Margaret, knows me, right? Good and bad. She knows me. And you guys have to listen to my stories all the time, so you even kind of know me, right? But Margaret, I mean... She really knows me. So let's say Margaret wanted to set up a fun day for us. And she, I'm just going to celebrate him because he's so wonderful and my whole life revolves around making him happy. <laughs> because that's her attitude. Um, and so what can I do? What can I do? How can I plan this amazing day? And so she starts writing down. Okay, let's get some options here. Um, option one, um, we could go on a five-hour antiquing tour. Right? Five hours of looking at old stuff. And then we can stop and have a delicious lunch of spinach salad. 
And then right after that, we'll top it all off with a poke in the eye with a screwdriver. Okay, that's option one, okay? Option two, we could play this amazing golf course together, right? And after that, we'll have a tour of the ice cream factory. Hmm, I wonder what Larry's will could be in this. I wonder what he would really want me to do. I wonder what choice he would have me to make. See how that works? If you really know me, if you really know me, knowing my will, it gets a lot easier. So I think the more that we know God and the more that we know what he loves and we know what he hates and we know what he values and we know what he doesn't, we know what's important to him and what are his priorities. The more we know him, the more we'll know his will. And the more we know his will, the more we'll know his will for our lives. And the more we know that, the easier it'll be for us to make godly decisions. And so today, we're gonna start like foundationally, right? We're gonna look at two of God's priorities. We're gonna try to get to know God so that we can know his will, so that we can determine his will for our lives. Two of his priorities, what's important to him. And I think this is gonna be a great foundation. I think it's a good place to, to start from as we figure out the next few weeks how to know his will, how to make great decisions, and make godly decisions, and get in on that divine direction. So, priorities of God. Here's our first priority. Who before do? In God's economy, in God's priorities, it's who before do. So our decisions are important, obviously, and making choices is huge, and what we decide to do matters a lot, but God is more interested in who you're becoming than he is what you're doing. You guys wanna know God's will for your life? Do you really? You wanna know? I'll read it to you right now. It's in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. It says, God's will is for you to be married. Oh, no, hang on. God's will is for you to be single. Oh, no, wait. God's will is for you to be in the army. God's will is for you to be a homeowner. God's will is for you to be an Aggie. And God's will is for you to be a business owner. Is that what it says in yours? Because <laughs> mine says, God's will is for you to be holy. That's his will for your life. God's will is for you to be holy. He is more concerned about who you're becoming than what you're doing. It's who before do. His will, really, what he really, really wants for you is to become holy. Outside of church, when was the last time you used that word? Right, holy, what is that even? It's this Greek word, hagios, right? And it means, like, different. It's like, everybody's like this, but you're gonna be holy. You're going to be separate. You're going to be set apart because you're going to be pure. And that purity is going to distinguish you from everybody. You're going to be righteous. God's will is for you to be pure. God's will is for you to be righteous. God's will is for you to be like Jesus. And you're not going to get there until Jesus comes back, but that's the divine direction. God's will is for you to become like Jesus, it's who before do. And I, I hate to tell you, man, I, but I've read the, whole, I read, I read the whole thing and it doesn't say whether you should buy a new car or keep the old one. And it doesn't say if you should buy a new house or keep the old one. And it doesn't say if you should find a new husband or keep 
No, it does, it does speak to that. It does, it does talk about that one, but the Bible doesn't really talk very much, very specifically about the, it doesn't talk that much about your cash. It doesn't talk that much about your car. It doesn't talk that much specifically about your career, but it talks a lot about your calling. And your calling is not your job or where you live or who you hang out with or what you wear, or even who you marry. Your calling is to become like Jesus. So what does God want me to do? A really much better question is, who does God want me to become? It's who before do. Give you an example. Uh, Joy's our worship pastor, right? Is Joy in here? Sweet. Um, I think Joy is called to be a worship pastor. There's just, there's no doubt in my mind that Joy is doing what she was created to do, what she's gifted to do, what she's called to do, what she's anointed to do. I think she's doing what she's supposed to be doing as a worship pastor. But let's just say Joy is the best worship pastor in the country. And yeah, maybe she is. But let's just say she were abusing her daughter, which she's definitely not. But you see where I'm going with that? Even if she's the best, most talented, amazing, gifted worship leader in the world, if she's living an unholy life, is she in God's will? Even if she buys the right house, even if she wears the right clothes, even if she chooses the right car, even if she picks the right stock, even if she's the best worship pastor in history, if she's not living a holy life, she's not living in God's will. And I know I signed up to hear how to make these decisions. I, know we're gonna, man, we're, I promise you, we're gonna talk about specifically, practically making decisions in the next few weeks, but this is just so important to lay this baseline if we're gonna know God's will for our life, we've got to know God's will. And if we're gonna know God's will, we've gotta know God. What's important to him? What are his priorities? And I tell you this, what job you take or what school you pick or what house you buy or what spouse you marry, these decisions are super, super, super important. But let me give you some great news. You can be in God's will and you can serve him and honor him and experience him even if you buy the wrong car. And even if you pick the wrong stock, and even if you wear the wrong shirt, even if you marry the wrong person, because God's will is more about who you are than what you do. If you, if you really wanna be in his will, you have to allow yourself to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. That's what he, that's what he wants, that's, we read it. That's his will, is for you to be holy. Now there is a cool bonus to that, because I think you're gonna find that when you're becoming the right who, there's a lot better chance that you'll choose the right do, right? So I talked about that decision I had to make with that, with that job, and you know, I really thought, I don't know, maybe I could, maybe I could help change things and, and turn this company around, or yeah, but what about my family? Well, yeah, but I think I could fix it for a lot of families. Yeah, but what about, you know, what God's calling me to do or something like that? And I didn't know what to do, but I had a sense of who God was trying to call me to become. I think he was calling me to be a man of integrity. He was calling to be a man that raises his kids and points them to Jesus. I think he was calling me to be that kind, a godly dad. And so once I knew the who, I, I kind of knew 
what to do. The first priority, if we're going to really know God, is it's who before do. Second priority, why before what? Why before what? That's your motives, right? And your motives matter to God. And I'll tell you that sometimes we choose to do things, even sometimes we choose to do good things, but we do them for the wrong reasons. And I'm going to tell you that that is not God's will for your life. In Matthew 6, Jesus kind of talks about this because he's saying, even if you like give, Jesus has a high regard for helping the poor, right? And he says, even if you give everything to the poor, even if you say this amazing, incredible, beautiful prayer, but you did those things to impress people, he says, don't expect anything from God. Here's a, here's a brutal statement. He says, you already have your reward. Can you imagine? I've prayed this amazing prayer, and I want to hear back from God, but I was kind of saying it like in my super holy voice because I wanted to impress you with what a great prayer I am or something. And so I said this prayer to impress you, and it's like, you are, oh, what a nice prayer. Nice prayer, right? And then God says, well, I hope you enjoyed that applause because that was your reward. And I give all this stuff to the poor and I make sure everybody sees, you know, that I'm waving that bill around before I hand it to somebody. And everybody, oh, wow, he's so generous. Isn't that wonderful? I hope you enjoyed that reward. Jesus says, because that was it. So for us, I think people may think you're amazing and you may think you're amazing by the great things you do. But if your motives are wrong, that's what God looks at. Um, Proverbs 16, 2 says, people may be pure in their own eyes, right? And so, I thought it was great what I did. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the motives. Now, here's a great quote from that Craig Rochelle that wrote that book. He says, you can't get to the right place when you start with the wrong motives. You won't do the right what if you're driven by the wrong why. Kind of think about our motive. Why am I doing that, right? Why am I doing that? I think sometimes it's even hard to know. You ever felt like that? Like, I'm not even sure why I'm doing this. And that's, I, Paul asks this in Galatians 1.10. Paul says, am I, am I trying to win the approval of people or am I trying to win the approval of God? And it's like, it, it's a rhetorical question when he's asking it, but it's, it's a really good question for us to ask. Am I doing this to win the approval of people or am I doing this to win the approval of God? God looks at the heart. He knows the motives. That's why in Psalm 139, remember what David said? It's like, God, help me out, man. Search my heart. And if there's something ugly in there, the people are telling me how great I am, right? I think I'm doing awesome. But if there is something ugly in there, if there's something in me, any way, any thought, any motive, any idea that offends you, point it out. God looks at the heart. To him, it's why before what. Um, did you guys know, you know uh, Pastor Andrea, our kid's pastor? Can I tell you guys something? Listen, this can't leave the room. Okay, this is just between us. Did you guys know that Andrea gets paid? Did you know that? She gets paid to be our kid's pastor. I know. She probably works 40, 50 hours a week. But she gets, she gets paid to be a kid's pastor. I don't see a Ferrari in her future. But she gets paid to be a kid's pastor. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a biblical thing. But if the reason Andrea is a kid's pastor is for the money, God's never gonna be pleased with her what? If she's doing it for the wrong why? 
And she's not. She's doing it because she loves Jesus. She's doing it because she loves the kids. So I got a hunch God's gonna be good with her what? Because he's pleased with the why. I think we just gotta, we gotta ask ourselves some hard questions, right? We gotta, we gotta ask ourselves about our motivation, right? Why, why do I, why, did I just post that picture to make people jealous? Right? Did I just act all super spiritual with that person just to show off? Did I buy my wife flowers because I want her to rub my feet later? Right? Did I just write that check to CBCB for $5 million just to impress people? Actually, that one's okay. Uh, I must have scratched that off. That one's... What you decide matters a lot, right? The what does matter. What you decide matters a lot. The decisions you make today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow, but to God, it's why before what? Take a look at these two scriptures. Colossians 3.17 says, look, what school am I gonna go to? What house should I buy? Should I sell my car? Should I get married? Whatever you do, right? That's what he says. Whatever you do or whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Do you know what? Let's say you choose the wrong college, right? Let's say you were supposed to go to A&M and oh no, I went to tech. You know what? You can be a representative of Jesus at tech, right? Let's say you buy the wrong house. You could be a great representative of Jesus in the wrong neighborhood, right? Whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of Jesus and give thanks through him to God the Father, whatever choice you, you can say, you know what God, maybe I did buy the wrong color car, but I'm thankful for this car. You can be thankful in all circumstances. So what, whatever you do, whatever you say, it says, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him, through him to God the Father. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 31, again it says, look, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever choice you make, whatever thing you do, whatever, wherever your hand lands, right, whatever you decide to do, do it for the glory of God. If you, I can't decide whether to take this job or that job. Pick a job and do that job for the glory of God. I can't decide if I should buy or sell. You know, do, pick one and do it for the glory of God. And when you're doing it for the glory of God, it's going to inform the decision that you make. Every decision we make, where we go to school, whether we change jobs, whether I get married, whether I stay married, whether I buy or sell or go or join or quit, whatever the what, God's will is that you start with the right why. Representing Jesus, being thankful, and glorifying God. So these look, decisions are important. The decisions we make today will absolutely determine the stories we tell tomorrow. And I know that can be stressful because it feels like this decision is gonna make me or break me, man. This is the one, oh, I can't, I can't. Let's, let's, just, let's take a breath for just a second remember this. As a Christian, once you've made that decision, once you've made the decision, as a Christian, your future, you being in God's will is probably not gonna be the result of you making one amazing, perfect decision. And it's not gonna be a result of you making one horrible, stupid decision. It's gonna be a million little decisions. It's gonna be every day, every little decision you make saying, God, who do you want me to become? Search my heart. Why am I really doing this? So for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about specific, practical steps to making godly decisions, but the foundation 
of making godly decisions, the foundation of getting godly direction is knowing God. Because I think when we really see him, when we really see who he is, when we really see what he loves and what his priorities are, when we really know him, then knowing his will gets a lot easier. And when we really know his will, we can see where we fit in. And then we can know what his will is for our lives because our priorities become the same as his priorities. When we focus on becoming who God wants us to be, it's a lot easier to decide what God wants us to do. And when we start with the right why, it's a lot easier to pick the right what. So it's who before do. And it's why before what. Let's pray. Uh, Father, man, we got so many decisions to make. Hard stuff and important stuff. And so, Lord, we just, man, we want to trust you with that. We want to hear from you. We want to be in on your plan. We, a lot of us have spent most of our lives trying to get you in on our plan. But, Lord, we just want to be in on your plan. We want to honor you with our lives. We want to please you. We want to live the life that you've got for us. So, God, we just need you to help us see your will. Help us to know your plan. And it's like we're moving into this thing, God. Help us to know you. We're not going to circumvent that. We're not going to go around that. We want to know you more because as we know you more we'll begin to see what your will is and what your plan is and as we know what your plan is we'll be able to see where we fit into that so God will you just help us this week to ask ourselves these hard questions to examine these hard things about ourselves like am I becoming the person that you want me to be and am I doing these things for the right reason God lead us in this thing we want your divine direction in Jesus name Amen and amen. That's it. God bless you guys. Have a great week.